ました Sure you want the rest of it? Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Dirty Harry Miller Podcast Every penny's worth Welcome back to Dirty Harry Minute, a podcast that reviews every minute of the 1971 Warner Brothers classic Dirty Harry, starring some lovable rogue Clint Eastwood. I'm one of your hosts, John, and as ever, I'm joined with co-host Tim. Hi. (laughs) He's impassioned. And we are joined once again by our beautiful guests, Irvi. Hello. How are you going? And Ben. Hi. What do you think of this minute? I thought it's a violent minute. (laughs) Uh... One could say that, like the Red Hot Chili Peppers' disappointing mid-90s album, it was one hot minute. (laughs) But apparently not, because apparently uh, Andrew Robinson was wearing long johns. (laughs) So, he's also wearing a ski mask or or something like that. He's wearing something over his head. Uh, I'm interested that in this minute, he kicks Harry on the ground and the Foley artist seems to have simulated the sound of a person kicking another person with the sound of himself dropping a box of paper. <laughs> it's a it's a strange, yeah. crunchy, crackly <laughs> noise that he makes. Like, it's it's a weird noise. I don't know. I, I guess it's supposed to signify that Harry's carrying a lot of candy canes <laughs> on him or something <laughs> when or he paper. gets kicked. <laughs> or, or, yeah, just some old dry papyrus. Uh, <laughs> this is the moment when you find out that the serial killer is not a man of his word. And uh, I think that, that, I, that was the moment, you know, the 1970s lost their innocence. <laughs> Do you like the ski mask, Irvi? Yeah, I think it really. I think it's uh, a good choice of mask because it makes it quite freaky. His um, lips protruding like that, and uh, big contrast with his blue eyes. So I think it uh, adds to that sense of childlike. He sort of just seems like a crazy child. Yeah, it's just um, like an extreme red. Yeah, it's a, and the, to pick that as a serial killer as well is um, pretty. I noticed his pants are also like beige. Like he's not uh, dressed like. <laughs> Yeah, it's very colourful. A, a sort of black, a, you know, all black serial killer. Yeah, I think that kind of, and his voice, obviously, I don't know if he's putting on, obviously he's putting on that voice, hopefully, um, but <laughs> not his normal voice, I think, or does the actor normally speak like that? The ADR, I, well, I guess he's a few months later in a cold studio. dubbed by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> Do you think it is a ski mask? I think it's just a balaclava yeah. type thing, or maybe it is, I guess it is a ski mask, yeah. Did the balaclava have the associations with criminality back then, or is it just something like a, a longshoreman would well, wear? Well, I think a, a balacla- uh, technically doesn't a balaclava have the faces all open? It doesn't have the oh, covering right, the nose. Yeah. So this is a, a, more a ski mask. And for the lips to be like that, yeah, yeah. accentuated. It's got, it's it got a line. It's homemade. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might be. a bit of a line. It's more. It's it's a it's kind of a supervillain kind of deal. Maybe his mum made it for him. <laughs> he does seem a bit of a mother's boy. <laughs> now he was for, born perfectly formed without a backstory. You can tell later on the bus. It's like his mother never sang songs to him. And he needs to find. <laughs> yeah, you see, it sort of seems like the mentality of like a deformed child or something like someone who's. I think that's what they're saying on IMDb as well. Someone yeah. who'd been maybe. Um, like done wrong too as a kid as well, so maybe that's why he acts like that. 
Yeah. IMDb. So no, some other comments online were also riffing on the symbolism. It's almost like a horror movie, a horror scene in this movie, Tim. Mm. And it's an alien setting. It's supposed to represent Vietnam or the... Yes. That seems a stretch. Stretching is what we do, yeah. Philip. Oh, everything, everything made while the Vietnam War was on is about Vietnam. Was this scene like a dream? Is this a dreamlike scene, Tim? A bit, with the, the sort of fog and mm. I guess all the, the handheld mysteriousness and silhouettes and darkness. You know, one weird thing in this scene, it, the, this minute, sorry, the scene is, this minute, the minute starts with the sh- point of view shot up the, up the cross yeah. from Harry, as if Harry's looking up to the sky. And then you get to a shot from above, from the sky. And the way it's shot, it looks like like a like a video game radar screen. Okay. It, they don't really look like people. There's like a dot of Harry and then you see this bright red dot moving towards him, which is the top of Scorpio's head. Mm. And it's quite a curious... It doesn't... It's a it's weird like angle. It's like nothing else in the movie. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know if they deliberately made it, wanted it to look that way or if they're just like, okay, we're going to shoot this from above. But it, it's, it brings a very unearthly feeling to it. Like suddenly you're taken out and it's like, or like suddenly you're someone, you feel like you're back at police headquarters watching it unfold on a radar map or something. Spy cam, a drone. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that could have been back then because... Outside of war films, there weren't really action films per se. Maybe they're just worried they couldn't get convincing enough coverage like they would today, just quick quick shots of cutting from when ha- when Scorpio actually comes over to him. But you're right, it does stand out quite a lot. I think it's, it is interesting. Is it a symbolic choice, Ben, do you think, or is it just a I don't know if it's symbolic or it's just this would look cool. But yeah, which it does. But the shot, I mean, there you go. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a weird. I think partly it's because the, the red on his of his mask is so bright, it outshines... Everything the rest else. of his shape. Yeah. So it looks like a red dot moving around. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of, have you played Resident Evil? Yeah. yeah. The original, one of those weird ang- camera angles. That yeah, where, you, like- where, you, where it's all looking above <laughs> on the blueprint. That's it. And, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but then there's also the shot up where I don't, I mean, why is Harry, Harry wouldn't be looking up at the sky at this point. When it's, <laughs> it's, 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 we, it, there are a few unusual shots from perspectives that are not, they're not the logical perspectives to see the scene, and they're not the point of view of a character. Yeah, from, this one is. This one's yeah as well. They're, all, looking they're down. all that sort of diagonal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, angles. I guess it adds well the, with the music as well. It sort of adds this sort of dystopian um, eeriness. Yeah, feeling it's, to it. It's almost a suggestion of other presences watching mm. from other places. Yeah, like there's someone else observing. I don't know, floating around on a balloon or something. Like Chico. Yeah, like Chico. <laughs> well, yeah, like Poppy from Seinfeld. That's right. Who arrives very late on the scene. Also, Harry seems to go down real easy. Yeah. It <laughs> he takes one hit from behind, much. a couple of kicks to the ribs, and he's suddenly passing out. It's like, <laughs> hey, what are you, Dirty Harry or Ace Ventura? I guess he's, very- he's just not used to old fa- like non-gun violence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Throws him. He's getting the tar beaten out of him, Irvy. Yeah. I reckon it's so. great. Yeah, I think it's even the way that um, Scorpio is like begging him to not pass out is a bit strange. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's almost like having to say instructions out loud as a serial killer is strange. Yeah. 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 Good. yeah. There's a lot of um, Clint's movies where the main characters are beaten up. I'm thinking mostly of High Plains Drifter, the sheriff character, and also in Sudden Impact, the sequel of this, he gets beaten up. 
mm. by a hood of people like Scorpio, but he manages to fall off into the ocean. Is that one of his trademarks, getting beaten up? <laughs> Very masculating. It is true. I mean, you don't think of Clint Eastwood necessarily beating other people up, though. You think of him shooting other people. Yeah. So maybe it's He's just he just physical. is bad up close. He does say don't pass it. Again, this is where Scorpio really um, just just wastes any goodwill he had with the audience. Because he's saying don't pass out and he says, oh, I'm going to let the girl die. I just wanted you to know that before I kill you. And it's like, oh, Scorpio, yeah. you've made it personal. <laughs> and there was no call for that. Yeah. You know, I, think, I think decent killers and decent cops, they go hard as they can. And then, you know, after the game, they have a beer together. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like Harry is willing to let what happens on the field stay on the field. But Scorpio is, is getting personal. And it's, it's a lot like the Australian cricket team um, in some ways. I can't imagine many cop films before this where Tim the hero would protagonist allow himself to be beaten up so much like this. Halfway through the film anyway. Yeah. There's, I guess, um, Lawrence of Arabia where he submits himself to the Turkish Bay to be brutalised. I think the thing about Harry is he's been established as, like, the toughest motherfucker there ever was. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So that's what's shocking about him being beaten up because up to now you've assumed... He's the one who who deals out the punishment. And here he is, getting beaten up by this little sissy boy with his high-pitched voice. Mm. And he looks so sad, too. Sad. This makes sense why in early minutes they lingered on. When he's running around town, Chico, there's a sign that says prime ribs because Harry's getting <laughs> his ribs severely <laughs> beaten. Oh, maybe the idea is he's been bounced all over town mm. and he's got no energy to fight back yeah he had no energy from the first phone call really yeah, <laughs> the way he was like, <laughs> huffing and puffing of course yeah. the first hit does come from behind yeah which I think he's is unfair. caught off guard yeah, yeah. Oh, that's true. scorpio is an unsporting fellow and this establishes his nature as an unsporting fellow so in america a king what we call a king hit they call a sucker punch is that right <laughs> oh, what's a coward cool. hit and i see that on bumper Stickers around. A coward punch is what used to be called a king hit until... Yep. They tried to change the language. To yeah, until people decided, oh, if you call it a coward punch, no one will do it anymore. Like, because yeah. those drunk guys on King Street at 2am uh-huh. will think... But it's the same oh, as I'm a gonna, sucker punch, I'm gonna, is it? I'm going to fucking slam sure, that guy. But and then they think, oh, no, people might call me a coward. I'm I better not. Have, I think sucker punch. I'm not a sucker sure. punch. A sucker punch is... Uh, it's not where you your it it, it it encompasses I think the concept of the king hit, but it could be something less uh less momentous. It could be any any sort of punch when someone's not ready. Mm. So it's not necessarily from behind. It could be, you know when you more- when you're about to duel with someone and you're shaking hands and while you're shaking hands you punch them in the stomach. I thought I had more like connotations that in a sporting sense where you're losing and then you, you, you're getting dominated in the game and then you, you suddenly come back with, say, boxing, an uppercut and, oh, you, and you knock out the, the, other, the other player. It's a pyrrhic victory or it makes you win like in Starship Troopers? That yeah, the, like you, you come back with one, oh, yeah. one punch after you've been pummeled. I think, I think that would only be a sucker mm-hmm. punch if, if the person who is dominating you is, uh, has lost focus and you take advantage of their distraction. Yeah. Yes. Like they're looking yeah. to the audience. No better distraction than having your nose against some cement. <laughs> so you should have just come up and slammed his face into the cross. More symbolic as well. But he doesn't want him to die. 
Now, Irvy, before Clint signed on, this property was originally going to have Frank Sinatra playing Harry's role, oh, really? Clint's role. Do you think he would have <laughs> he would have taken a beating as well as Harry does? Um, yeah, I think probably worse. <laughs> um, or, or I don't actually know too much. What do you guys reckon, Frank Sinatra's? <laughs> it's certainly Scott Bell. He'd knock over his scotch, his glass of scotch, and his. I think it would have music. taken many takes. Yeah, because I think Frank Sinatra, once you hit him, would forget that he was acting and just <laughs> go to town on Andy Robinson. He was a violent man, Frank was Sinatra. He? Yeah, well, I know him as like Christmas carols and stuff. So just I'm imagining. <laughs> Not the same. Punch thing. me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> there's, the crooning, there's the crooning side, but then there's also the wife-beating, mafia-associating oh, really? side oh. of Frank Sinatra. And he'd probably take that out. Yeah, no, I think um, they did a good job with the casting in this. Instead of Dirty Harry, he took a role in some movie called, would you believe it, Dirty Dingus McGee. <laughs> I think he made the <laughs> right the decision. the dirtier, the better. This was the dirty era, really. Yeah. yeah. Was that real? That's yeah, real, Dirty yeah. Dingus McGee. Yeah, it's a real movie. Ugh. Never heard of it. And remembered Linguini Man played a role in Batman as Dirty Hot Dog Harrigan or something? <laughs> we talked about that last minute. Uh, Linguini <laughs> Man had a small role. Yeah. There is also a tenuous um, connection to the man Wicker Man. Have you seen that, Irvy? No, I haven't. The original? The yeah, only yeah. Yeah. the only one? Yeah. The, because A, Harry comes to the cross of his own free will. Yeah. B, he comes with the power of a king being John Vernon, the mayor. C, he comes as a virgin, or he gets what he can. And D, he comes looking for a girl. Who? Harry. And Mary Deacon, yeah. So he's really going to be sacrificed, Tim. Mm. I don't know if he comes with the power of a king, given (laughs) that he's coming to give the guy exactly what he wants, under orders. Yeah. And is the cross cross meant to be the the wicker man? I guess so. Although it's pretty solid state, I don't think. <laughs> this is what we do to eke out the minutes. No, I'm just thinking of the Wicker. I'm just thinking of how how far you can stretch that Wicker Man comparison. Oh, in Gran Torino, Clint sort of sacrifices himself, like Jesus. Have you seen that recently, Tim? Not recently, no. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I guess at this point he's giving him um, like the fact that he even turns around to the crosses. I can act in good faith, but um, after this, he's broken that trust. Scorpio's got a big gun, like yeah. a rifle. Yeah. And yet he mocks others yeah. for the size of their guns. <laughs> Hypocrite. It's a machine gun, isn't it? Just add another to the... He does have... Oh, it is a machine gun. He has a machine gun in this scene. He has a machine gun. I think it's the same as the Jesus Saves yeah, scene. it yeah. must be. Well, I think we can move on now to uh, our friend Chico. Mm. Ah, there's a shot of Chico. Chico is uh, sort of a, just a cameo in this minute. He's like Johnny Depp at the end of Fantastic Beasts. It's just, ooh. <laughs> Can't wait for the next minute when Chico, Chico really gets down to business. Do you, do you think that shot's in there just to remind you that Chico's actually around? Probably. And useless. <laughs> useless. Hey, we like Chico. But <laughs> he looks, um, in continuity's sake, he's actually arrived. He's coming up the wrong part of the hill he should be coming from if he, if he went to Lansdale entrance, the opposite way that. Clint came to uh, the top of the cross. And what, what podcast is he listening to, Irvy? Um, he's just listening to some ABBA, I reckon. Ah. Just greatest hits to kids. He's an early adopter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got this new... To keep him company when he's sad and lonely. He seems like he'd be a bit happier than um, Harry. Well, he has a family who yeah, hasn't been he murdered. Has a family, <laughs> yep. 
How good would it be if you recut this with Abba playing in the scene, <laughs> just as he hot puts his hand up to his ear? Oh. Yeah. He's like, hang on, Abba, I've got to What's that go you say, Inspector? <laughs> <laughs> the winner takes it all. <laughs> Here's some commentary on the, uh, the elevated shot, Ben. Yeah. Uh, I think from the cinematographer. It says, for the most part, Siegel was an eye-level director who never passed judgment on his characters by setting his camera above them. And never pitched it below them to gaze up in naive hero worship. So this is obviously an exception to that uh, observation on Siegel's career. Is the camera below them when uh, when Harry is is on the trestle bridge is questioning well. the punk. Yeah, that's right. As to his ability to question himself, so that's hero worship. Yeah, maybe that's one of the reasons why this is one of Siegel's films that people can name. Shot from the top of the cross then. Because yeah. it really, it does stand out because Siegel doesn't do a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of like, there's helicopter shots when there's an actual helicopter in the movie. Yeah, But yeah. There's, not, <laughs> there's not a lot of, here's the people on the ground and the camera is way up in the sky. Yeah. I don't know if it's passing judgment to do that. Do you think the album would have been better one Red Hot Minute if it had been the helicopter song? Rather than aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. I like pleasure spice with pain, pain and music, music is my helicopter. It's- no. <laughs> That's the only good song on the album, right? Was it? No, the, the good song in the album is uh, My Friends. My Friends. My Friends are so depressed. That would go well with this movie. Because oh. Harry's friends are pretty depressed. Yeah. It's a dirty town. I always thought San Francisco was a lovely place. This is not the San Francisco of What's Up, Doc. No. Oh, no. I have to say. <laughs> it's a much more cheerful Or even um, high anxiety. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Irvi, of... I just... I love Andy Robinson. Yes, um, in this scene. We don't even see most of his face, but those eyes just pop. Yeah, there's something, um, even though he's evil and crazy, it's sort of there because he seems sort of stunted intellectually um, or something's like something a bit strange about him. Um, You feel a bit sorry for him or that he's a bit, maybe not right now, but um, just throughout, (laughs) I think throughout the entire course of the film, there's something obviously that's gone very wrong in his life. so there's some room for pity, but obviously not not very much. We don't find much out about his background, do no. we? No. So we don't know how he got so good at shooting for a start. But he's got such a stammer, and he lives in the fact that he has no home and lives in that stadium and stuff. There's um he's an outsider in a lot of ways. Um, We've talked about earlier drafts of the script and the novelization. Sometimes he's ex-military, and that explains why he's got those army boots on. Other times, I think we. We like the clean, the blank slate of him. I much prefer that. Mm. Yeah. I think it would have bogged the movie down. Rather than having some started. explanation. And that's yeah. what a lot of movies do do. They go into backstory that they yeah. don't need. Yeah, right now you don't. But I think, yeah, the complexity comes out in um, his acting anyway. So. The modern trend of psychopaths is, is it that they're cool and calm and collected, sort of like the... Malkovich in Line of the Fire. Yeah. But I feel like he's, even though he's maniacal, he's still pretty, um, he seems unpredictable in what he's going to do next, which makes him scary as well. If we recast this today, Tim, who, we've talked about Harry's recasting uh, choices, but who would you cast for Andy Robinson as a Scorpio killer? What about Nicolas Cage? <laughs> <laughs> Too old. <laughs> I was just thinking of the Wicker Man, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has suggested um, Xavier Bardem, maybe? But then again, that's if you're going down the cool, calm, collected psychopath. Yeah, he seems too cool. Kieran Culkin. (laughs) From Igby Goes Down fame. Maybe Ethan Hawke. 
but he's too good. He's like a good. He's a more a good character. But you just want to feast feast on the eye candy. There. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just want hot people. Yeah. Boyhood was really good, Tim. Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, Boyhood was I'm really surprised. good. I was surprised. When- the kid from Boyhood. Oh, he was amazing. <laughs> the new Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Well, or Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen could make a comeback in a Dirty Harry remake. Could. As Scorpio. <laughs> He's got to be a young guy. He can't be these guys yeah, who could have played a character old. in the 80s. Kate McKinnon. Who's she? Uh, from SNL. Oh, okay. Who's Adam... Um- uh, that guy in Patterson and in his Oh, and stuff. Adam Driver. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he'd be good actually. Yeah. Well, he plays the Scorpio character in the new Star Wars movies, so he basically is playing the same character. Who can do the over-the-top psychopath though? Like um, these days, obviously the Joker, Heath Ledger's dead. Uh, yeah. Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty much all I've got to say, Tim. We've got the tantalising shot of Chico coming to the rescue. Oh, it's such a relief to know that within one more minute, the movie will be over and Chico will have apprehended the suspect. <laughs> what do you reckon he, if he hadn't been given the night off, Tim? Because Bressler said, get out of here, you know? Would he be... What would he be doing? He'd do the filing or what would he be doing? Probably hang out with his wife. Banging wife. his wife. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he wasn't anyway. Yeah. What sort of a man are you doing whatever Harry tells you? No wonder you can't kill a murderer. And we, we notice that he's exchanged uniforms. He's wearing Harry's tweed. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's copying from the best. It's, it's like cold. when Lando steals Han's clothes at oh, the yeah. end of uh, Empire. Well, does anyone have anything else to add before we move on to uh, the next minute? Wouldn't it be great if every minute in a movie had someone say that? <laughs> <laughs> it's the like, pause. Scorpio says, got anything else to add, Harry? Nope. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> My, that was a good minute. All right, we'll catch you next time. Tim, Ben, Irvy, Thank you. Dirty Harry Minute.